at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop editor, Robert. Sorry to bother you, buddy boy, but the little lady forgot her galoshes. <laughs> nice. Nice use of buddy boy there. I'm sure that's the last time that'll come up this podcast. It's the last time, buddy boy. <laughs> we write for SifPop.com, providing you movie reviews, best ever challenges, uh, other interesting <laughs> movie-related articles. Make sure you check... Well, we don't really write, write much now, do we? We edit. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, make sure to check out SifPop.com. Keep up with all the stuff that we're putting out there for you. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk on the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, two coming attractions. Um, and we'll briefly mention a third thing that I didn't know uh, because I'm so out of the pop culture world right now. Um, I, 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 mean, I even like didn't see any of the MC. I didn't even know that they were at Hall H until like a day later. And I was seeing people's <laughs> reactions. And I was like. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, they did the Comic-Con thing. All right, fine. This is very reassuring for the host of a pop culture podcast. Hey, 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 (laughs) hey. Kick me out. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have a snarky thing other than, hey, hey, hey. Normally I like to have a snarky (laughs) thing lined up, but it didn't. Anyway, um, and then once we're done talking about uh, those two or three things, whichever one, uh, we'll move on to talking about our goat this month, uh, potential goat, sorry, which is the apartment. um, And then we'll talk about that for a good amount. And then we will explore B-plot answering a question, um, the backwards version of the B-plot that we answered last week. This uh, last week was, what are some movies that you could listen to without watching? Watching. This one is uh, what some movie could watch with no audio, no, not even subtitles. And this will be fun because I haven't written anything yet. I haven't prepped. So, um, yep. You're two for two. Three for three. Let's do it. Uh, why not? There's, there's got to be a third thing that I'm just not saying out <laughs> loud. Um, and then when we're done with that, we'll wrap up with the spinoff. Um, but first, let's get a chance to know right this week. Robert's a monthly guest on. Uh, it's it's part of the privilege of being my friend um, and my coworker. Um, but, oh, but you know, favoritism as its finest. Uh, actually, I mean, when it started off, it was favoritism, and then we both got into the editing gigs, so and yeah. it just makes sense. But it was like Robert and I like we have good chemistry, and I want consistently good chemistry. And we didn't have forty writers; we had like six. So right, um, yeah, this kind of sounds on the back. We did a good job bringing people in. We did. What a what a crew we have. Patting myself on the back. So, Robert, I have the the question for you this week that yeah, you right. know is um, as the one who edits all the text for the website. By the way, that that's I part of what Robert does. Edits. Robert edits all of the. <laughs> yes, you're the one. Um, Robert mostly does that as well as lots of other things. Uh, I I do the graphics and less things than Robert. Um, how often are you persuaded on a film through the editing process? Like, can you think of a few examples where you got really excited for something that you were either uninterested in or something that got you like really like interested in something you had never heard of? Like how often does that happen? Yeah. So uh, this was a good question. I'm glad you thought of it. Um, Good. But it it turns out it hasn't happened too many times just because uh, contrary to what you said, I feel like I am pretty plugged into, you know, upcoming releases and stuff. So typically I'll see a review for something. If I haven't seen it yet, I'm like, Oh, I want to see this. I wonder if this writer thought it was good, but sometimes I will, be uh be persuaded that maybe i should watch something um let's see i wrote down five one of them i won't say because it it was written by shane 
but this movie is embargoed and it's not going up until middle of August. So, or even I don't know when I did the graphic for it already, <laughs> unless it's one of the <laughs> yeah. big batch that I have to do tonight. I don't remember so. if it is or not. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it is. Um, but Shane wrote a review that I was interested in, and I know this is terrible details, but that's the most recent example. Oh no, so Shane! Shane writes reviews for our site. Uh, he might have written one or two. Um, I can't <laughs> no, remember. Shane, that is joking for the those of you who don't know, and not to poke fun at Shane. Shane uh, just is is our main contributor. We love, we oh, love yeah. him. Staff writer. Yep. Um. So yeah, there's there's I, I have four. Um. Two of which I have seen. Two of which I haven't. Um. I'll start with a couple that I haven't seen that I'm interested to still check out. Uh. Heath wrote a review for the outfit earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just. I could have seen it in theaters, but I just wasn't interested in it. And then based on his review and everything that he said about it, I became very intrigued. And uh, so now I have a, a running list on, on my phone of movies I want to get to by, you know, December 31st. And that's on there. And I'm sure I'll get to it by the end of the year. Solely based on Heath's recommendation. Same goes for Fire of Love, which Foster wrote a review for. Yeah, that's one that for was, sure. Uh, that would yeah. count for me. Yeah, that was totally off my radar until mm-hmm. he... Uh, until he wrote that review and I was like, well, and I was like, what, this, this is going to be like some rom-com or whatever. And I looked up the graphics. So I was like, Oh, volcano. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I re- like documentary about documentary. people. Like, Oh, really cool. Yeah. I want to see that one. So that's coming to my local, uh, my local indie art house in the next week or two. So I'm excited to go check that one out. I think mine's um, already in. I need to find the time to go. Yeah. Foster. I also need to see in nope New York and... city. So he gets to go see everything right when it comes out i also need to see nope and uh the the the, the marcel Lachelle's whatever thing marcel Lachelle. that i that i that i have near me that nobody else does yet i am not seeing it because i can't find the time that's three um <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i actually that that i was surprised that one was actually playing like 35 minutes from me uh so i went to see it the other night really really loved it Anyway, you, you probably have more lists, more movies on your like watch list of movies that have already come out this year than I have seen movies this year. <laughs> uh, we could we could check on that in a bit um, if you if you want. Um, I like, like 19 or 20 for me, maybe. I'll count up mine in, in a little bit. My last two I'll mention real quick. Uh, the ones that I did end up seeing that weren't necessarily to the best results. Um, Blue Bayou was another one written by Heath. Uh, mm. This was from 2021. This is the only not recent one. Um, I remember Heath messaged me and was like, hey, this movie's playing by me. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing it. Can I write the review? I was like, yeah, sure. And then, uh, yeah, he said it was really good. It was playing at my aforementioned indie art house. And uh, I thought it was, it was solid. And I would not have actually gone to see it were it not for Heath's recommendation. It has some good things, had some not so great things, uh, but it had a really effective ending. Uh, so yeah, that's a good one. And then... Mr. Malcolm's List. Shane wrote that review. He seemed to really enjoy it. I, I didn't like it at all. So uh, I am not. That's this is not me trying to call out Shane in any way, shape, or form. But I'm just answering the spirit of the question. Uh, those sure. Are, those are just some. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun reading all the reviews from people. Uh, most of the time, I'll Shane writes so many things that like I, he- I would never have heard of in the first place. And and, um, and and it's always one end of the spectrum or the other. Like I'm I'm always either yeah. like, whoa, I gotta check that out, or like I couldn't care less. Yeah, it's either and the couldn't care less ones are normally like Shane is one of six people to have reviewed it on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know how he finds. I love movie. having an insider. I, yeah. yeah, it's great. 
inside in, he lives in new jersey not <laughs> not la he's, he's just he's just connected with all the people that are like oh um uh, i'm taking a look at uh at this actually because i i immediately thought of three um but i'm looking through the like our letterbox which by the way letterboxed for this uh for, for the site that has all of our stuff when i update it um but for the most part, it has like our uh, all of our stuff that has links to the articles and all that. So if you're on Letterboxd, make sure to check out the Sif Pop under Members in HQ. Uh, give that a follow. Um, the first one I thought of was Mask because that was a movie I'd never heard of. And then the review uh, came for Foster, and I was like, "Yo, I got to see this movie as soon as I can." Uh, and then I did. Um, can I point something out real quick? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the review wasn't from Foster. Mm-hmm. I think Foster to the horn really loudly. But the review, I'm oh. looking at it right now. Reviews from Kristen. Whoa. Okay. Foster I'm, was a big proponent of it. But, I'm, I apologize, yeah. Kristen. It's just because, yeah, probably because Foster is the biggest proponent. Um, yeah. No, I think uh, either way. Sorry. So, Kristen, so I read the review and I was like, I got to see this immediately. And and then, yes, Foster tooting the horn probably accelerated my my need to see. Uh, and then, mm. so I, I did. Um, yeah. And, and Mass is great. Uh, this one Foster did write, yeah. though, um, The Power of the Dog because um, he know. saw like an advanced screening and it was not on my radar and then i was like hold on like benedict cumberbatch and jesse plemons and Kristen dunst and i had no idea who jane campion was because i am a 95 kid i never saw the piano i still haven't um so sorry cinephiles out there i disappointed you for uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no but but just like that seeing that cast and then see i think foster gave it like an a plus like it, that was back when we were oh, doing yeah. letters still like it was like yeah. uh he, he was like big proponent of it um absolutely like yeah it it went on my radar very quickly um and then of course as it got closer to release i started seeing stuff for it like (laughs) wasn't the only one talking about it anymore right 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 um and uh, then the other one i thought of too uh robert your review for shithouse was uh was one that i was like oh like completely off the off the radar movie for me that i was like Mm -hmm. all right and then i watched it like that week and really liked it um as i'm scrolling through letterbox though i'm thinking of um uh, so a movie that I was completely uninterested in that the review made me interested in, in a conversation with the author on Xbox before before the review went live was um, uh, Heath's review of Elvis, because I think he handled that really well. Um, he it made you want to see the movie. Yeah, because he like pointed out that it's not perfect. And, and he went into the nuances and he was like, but Austin Butler is for sure worth seeing. And like, he 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 went me from completely not interested to seeing it to I will catch it when it's on HBO. Um, uh, a Shane one was or another Shane one is uh, the Duke. Um, there was a review for that one, and um, and then I was seeing everything everywhere all at once in my indie theater, and a trailer came up for the Duke, and I was like, I've read a review for this movie, <laughs> and it, he said it was really good, and this trailer is delightful and charming, and I didn't get the chance to see it yet, but. <laughs> But uh, I like that was one that specifically stood out to me. I was like, this sounds like my kind of thing. Um, and uh, I don't even you know, know what the Duke is. It's uh, oh geez, um, uh, it's it's been a while. Uh, but it has that actor in it, the the dude. Oh, that um, one. Yeah, oh, uh, Bridges. No, <laughs> you said the dude. <laughs> I know, I know what I said. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jim Jim, Jim Broadbent. Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Um, he's that he's that face that you know. Um, yep. It has Helen Mirren in it. It looked like a good, like fun time. Um, and Shane confirmed that. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm 
was trying to think of uh, trying to look for the the rest of them there but yeah i mean i know uh, oh the the other one um i believe this is a rowan review correct me if i'm wrong but the i saw the review for this i was like all right and then it got a ton of internet buzz but mad god i think that was also maybe okay um sorry to discrediting all of our writers <laughs> um but that one got a ton of buzz Oh yeah, maybe, maybe uh, yeah, that's Shane. Dang, yeah. sorry, Shane. Um, I think it was one of those things where, like, that Rowan was was promoting it on his stuff as well. Anyway, and that one got a ton of buzz, and I started seeing stuff for it everywhere. And I was like, yeah, I like that was reviewed really well. I got to check this out. Just a couple to throw out there. I guess that's yeah. all. That's all stuff too that was either enlightened me to something I didn't know was coming out, or kind of made me go from not interested to yeah i'll check that movie yeah i thought of this question i think because um because of just all the reviews we edit and i'm just like there's mm-hmm. sometimes where like all the reviews you edit that i play around with a little bit. yeah and like we have articles that are dedicated like a lot of our specialty articles are dedicated you should check this out i mean we have that another person's treasure every month that is hey here's a movie that's been overlooked that people didn't really like when it came out but i really love it and here's why you should watch it and it's just like like, like the, the purpose of that is to convince you to this movie that you've written off to, to check it out. Like, anyway, um, I have a random question for you. Ready? Yeah. What do you want to do when you retire? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like when I retire, like in 50 years? <laughs> I don't know. Whenever you want to retire. If you win the lottery and retire tomorrow, I don't care. If, or if it's just, I don't know. What is your, like, you don't need to work for money anymore. You just get to work for fun. What is what mm-hmm. is your, that job? Uh. Oh, if you say it as a job, I would love to be a filmmaker. Um, but if you're just talking about like, what would I like to spend my time doing when yes, I yes, what do you want to spend work? your free time doing? Okay, yeah, yeah, like I'd, the pr- the bulk of it. I'd love to travel. To be honest, that's what. Uh, What's like your top destination you want to go that you haven't been to? Like all of Europe. <laughs> um, I went to. I'm not even joking either. I went to Italy when I was ten. Not even ten. Mm-hmm. I, I the year I turned ten. Um, so I couldn't completely appreciate it yet and complaining to my parents that it was too much walking you know all that kind of stuff so i would like to just go see all the history you know uh just experience different cultures and uh yeah not feel like i'm in such an insular experience in the u.s and i that's not to say there's not different cultures and different types of people and different types of things to see in the u.s but i I just like to go overseas and travel around the world and just see some new things and new places and things my main thing is like seeing things that are old and that have been around a long time mm-hmm. because you can't really get too much of that here in the u.s um it's true yeah because like my dad has told a story he visited a friend in england talking about how he saw some building in the u.s from like the 1700s they're like okay so like, <laughs> this is the coliseum fair <laughs> fair yeah yeah no that's I, i'd like to travel too i've done a good amount of traveling i think ireland might be my top destination i mean at least in terms of like wanting to go to experience a culture. I want to go to Hawaii more than anything, just because I mm. want to lay on the beach drinking alcohol out of a coconut. Um, so I, I think that's what people in Hawaii do. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Hawaiians that are listening are very offended right now, <laughs> but that's how I want to, that's how I want to live in Hawaii for a bit. So my top, top, top is New Zealand though, by the way. Uh, well, I you have to, to go to Lord of the Rings. Set. Yeah. I used to mention Lord of the Rings every episode. I don't think I've really done that much the last few I'm times, sure you have but... passively. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's like, 
not even a bucket list thing that's like on the docket for the next few years for me so that's why i didn't necessarily mention it but yeah i I keep on like wanting to go to australia but i keep on hearing about the spiders and i alice assured me it's not that bad because they're not actually harmful i'm like i get that they're not harmful they're not harmful here either but like i still don't want them in my apartment i don't want them in my house like (laughs) you're tolerating them in your apartment you're like yeah they live here because they keep away the bugs that can kill you and i'm like why do you live where you live anyway (laughs) What do I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Why were you born where you were born? How dare you? Alice wasn't born in Australia. That's true. I'm calling you out on a fact. Yeah, it's strike one ball. for me. <laughs> uh, I think I, I've had this idea for a while now. So um, when I retire, what I want to do. Mm. Um, so, so fun fact about me is I think that like my favorite place that I would love to, to live is the New England area. Um I've been like a couple Good times area. and I, 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 I love the fact that like it feels old, but also modern. Uh, like you can walk down a street where it's like multi-million dollar brand new houses. And then the next street over is like multi-million dollar, how 200 year old houses or whatever, like, mm-hmm. or like, and like preserved stuff everywhere. And like every single like block you go in certain cities, um, like is, 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 is a historical landmark. Um, like, like I've been like, I, I love the city of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm a Chicago born raised person. I, I love that city. I love Boston as well. Uh, like those are like my top two cities. Uh, but I, I like, I like, I love being in that area. And the last time I was in, uh, Boston, we, we took, a my, my parent, my parents said, we're going to be in Boston. What do you want to do? I said, I want to go to a Red Sox game. I want to go to Fenway park. And I'm not that kind of person that wants to go like to all the baseball parks or whatever, but I wanted to go to Fenway. Um, and it was great with Red Sox beat the Tigers like three years ago, five years. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, so yeah, it was cool. I got to go to a game, but before then we took like a, like a bus tour, like around some downtown area. They, they, they showed us where the, the Boston marathon bombing like took place. And, you know, there was like some tributes for that. It was, you know, it was nice. And I just had this feeling and I just knew when I retire, I, I want to look, first of all, when I retire, I'm not going to have enough money to move to New England. Definitely not boston but um i, I want to go out that way and i want to start a company with tour guides that give the most inaccurate information <laughs> like the the goal is to make you laugh not not to actually give you facts you know and and because that's what i love to do when i'm out of this country like look i am not a very patriotic person at all but when i leave the country all american Aaron comes out and mm-hmm. Like I'll be walking, de- like I was in the streets of Paris with my professor and a couple other students I was with, and we were just walking around. And every time you could find a clock, I'd be like, "Oh, is that Big Ben?" And and, and he would amuse me and ignore me really, and he would say, "Yep," and just and just move along. And like I want, I want to do that. Like I want to have a route that goes through you know Boston and be like, and here this is where George Washington crossed the Delaware. It's actually not a very big river. It's just this little stream in this park. Um, like, like, like that kind of Here's stuff. Where the it's Boston just, Red just Sox fun play baseball, Wrigley Field. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good example. Yeah, yeah, stuff like just, just completely inaccurate information, and people would be in on the joke. But like, yeah, and, and I feel like with with the way that like sense of humor is going, like that that would work. Like, I feel like it's a viable business. I would buy a ticket to that. Um, anyway, if you had enough time in the city, yeah, I'd, I'd do it. No, I feel like less time in the city would help me. But really? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess it could be could be worth like seeing. Like, like they also like just across. 
Uh, there was also the thing from um, right, right where the Boston Marathon bombing happened, like really close to mm-hmm. there. There's a statue of um, the general. I, I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the guy from Glory um, that led the first yeah, uh, yeah. All, all black battalion in, in the Civil War. Like, um, like, like there's that too. Like, like, what was his name? Uh, Matthew Broderick. Yes, the actor is Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Broderick. Um, yeah, but like, and like, like, there's plenty of fun stuff that you could could do and like like oh there's also a line of like not disrespecting history too like you yeah know, but 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 yeah like this is where the red sox play baseball wrigley field is totally harmless you know point pointing at a clock and saying is that big ben is totally harmless you know pointing at um you know something and calling it the leaning tower of pizza or like you know like silly stupid jokes that yeah anyway that's what i want to do i want to lead double decker tours of of stand-up well, comedy talk boats but yeah stand-up comedy uh tour guide things you can workshop the name we'll get we'll get back to that i got some time i'm not retiring anytime soon anyway that's that's my plan that's not my plan that's my dream somebody somebody pay me money to be able to afford to move out that way or or if the sharks are listening on shark tank um i will take cuban i you can have a hundred percent owning of the company just get me enough money to get it started just let let me be in that thing every day yeah just just let me just let me figure it out fund fund me for a little bit you can own it that's fine uh anyway cool well you ready to talk about some movies uh i'm out uh yes (laughs) (laughs) all right you want to talk about league of super pets or vengeance first i mean i'll just say league of super pets because i'll tell you right now i'm just not interested okay yeah (laughs) so Crypto the Superdog and Superman are inseparable best friends, sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime side by side of Metropolis. However, Crypto must master his own powers for rescue mission when Superman is kidnapped. Directed by Jared Stern and Sam Levine, written by Jared Stern and John Whittington, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, voicing Crypto. Kevin Hart is Ace, which is like the bat dog. Natasha Leone, um, Diego Luna, John Krasinski, Kate McKinnon, Mark Marin, Keanu Reeves as Batman, which is awesome. Jermaine Clement, Ben Schwartz, David Diggs. Um, Jamila Jamil, uh, Olivia Wilde, Thomas Middleditch, lots of names, Thomas lots of Middleditch. very funny people. Uh, he is, huh? I thought he was canceled. I don't know. I and who isn't nowadays? Fair enough. Like, we don't need to get into that. I was just surprised. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't keep up on that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I keep up on it when it's really important, but I don't know. Like I. For the longest time, I was like, "What did Army Hammer do?" I don't. I didn't care about the guy, but Ooh. I was just like, "I don't. I didn't know." And Army Hammer is now selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands, and that's not a joke. <laughs> it definitely sounded like one. It's not a joke. I'm not. That's where he is now because he's blacklisted from Hollywood. Yeah, well, he deserves to be. Um. Mm-hmm. So moving on. <laughs> So on the anticipation level of catching it in theaters, waiting to rent at home, wait to get on streaming service you already paid for or not interested. You, Landon, not interested, and I'm going to join right with you. Not interested. Look, I I really wanted to like this, like, with the premise. Like, I, I, I grew up watching every now and then, like, Crypto the Superdog on TV, and I was just like, what a fun concept. And, you know, you get you get the some of the funniest people in hollywood i mean I, i'm kind of over the like I, I re- i'm definitely over kevin hart and i'm kind of over like dwayne johnson with kevin hart i'm not over the rock yet i like him um natasha leone i think is great um the I, I'm, I'm starting to be more where you are on krasinski uh every day 
I think I'm getting closer to that every day. Uh, but Kate McKinnon there, like, like Keanu Reeves is Batman. I think it's a lot of fun. Ben Schwartz is one of the funniest people. Uh, Jermaine Clement is one of the smartest minds in comedy out there. David Diggs can do no wrong. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good talent here. It just looks like it's, it's all going to waste because this looks so unfunny and looks like a movie that you should market towards kids and adults. And it looks entirely marketed towards kids. And I don't even think kids are going to like this movie. That's how yeah, it seems bad like this looks. The rock and Kevin Hart, their buddy ship, uh, their bromance is They're just trying to take over the kids movie sphere. Now that they, took over like the adult comedy sphere it's like just just stay making raunchy jokes yeah and talk about how kevin hart is short haha ha. Ha. Like, yeah like, funny, but it makes you 100 million dollars good for you yeah and like look i i kind of think i i remember liking central intelligence an okay enough amount when it came out but like the point that i really just decided i'm done with these two together and i'm specifically done with kevin hart was was his role in uh the his cameo in the hobson shaw and I was just like, I'm. Oh, is he in the Ryan Reynolds scene? No, he's on, he's on the airplane. Oh, that's right, that's right. I only saw that once. No, I loved the Ryan Reynolds scene in that. I thought that was inc- that's my favorite part of that movie. Hmm. Um, so, and that's my favorite Fast and Furious movie. Um, so, because it's not really much of a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah, I'm just not interested in uh, DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> yeah, like again on paper, yeah, sign me up. Um, but no to to everything that i've like seen in the movie like, i've seen just, the trailer a hundred times and nothing and it's about never it funny no. it's more annoying each time <sighs> yeah, that's it. all right i just hear krasinski's voice come in as superman and i'm like really that's what you're trying to sell me with john krasinski playing superman no but the kids love the office <laughs> oh you're right <laughs> how could i have forgotten I was as soon as I found out about the Fantastic Four like stuff like officially being confirmed with a release date um, at at Marvel Studios. I mean, it was already confirmed that it was happening, but when it got the release date, I was sitting there mm-hmm. like, "Are they also going to announce a director? Is Robert going to lose his crap because they're going to announce John Krasinski?" And they did. Well, so I just wouldn't see it. <laughs> like <laughs> they just they announced this entire new slate of Marvel movies, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll see like three of these." But look, as a, as a Marvel fanboy, I'm also like, "This is a bit overwhelmed." Both overwhelming and underwhelming at the same time. Yeah. Like that, I, I'm <laughs> yeah, all, for, yeah. I'm all for Daredevil, and I'm all for the, the Blade movie that's coming out, and whatever Guardian stuff they want to do. Right. Uh, you know, but like, I don't really care about the Agatha show. So who's asking for that? Um, I yeah. One sec. I was I pulled up the thing. I looked at all of Phase Five. It's like literally the only thing that I'll watch is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three because <laughs> I don't care about any of the other. Is Bla- like, Blades in there, right? Blades in there. I've never seen their yeah. other Blade movies, so neither have I. But come on, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali is only worth it when he's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Hey, um, don't discount it. Actually, Swan Song is also good. I'm not saying he only has good two good movies, but uh, I just wish he was doing. But yeah, like Phase Five, I was like, I don't care about any of this. And then same thing with Phase Six, where it's like Fantastic Four and two Avengers movies six months apart. I'm excited for the uh, I'm excited for the Secret Invasion. I think that'll be good. I'm a big fan of that story. See, as a non comics reader, I'm just like okay, and I'm gonna skip half these movies anyway, so I'll be so lost trying to watch. I'll that. plug you in. All right. How I'll, how I'll how bad is DC's League of Super Pets that we're talking about? Marvel <laughs> we're talking about the upcoming world. <laughs> Within five minutes of even mentioning. All right, that should do it. Uh, before we get on to the, our other movie, Vengeance, um, I wanted to point out, um, because there's a movie coming out that I didn't even know. Um, I'm sure I was aware. I just chose to ignore it. 
um 13 lives is that the name of it mm-hmm. yeah so, so the way the converse this conversation went was was robert proposed for rbec topic this coming this week that it would either be um 13 lives or what's the other movie? <laughs> the one that we're actually doing we're doing well that's the, a the, the movie for, that's a surprise this comes out on wednesday right yeah but what's the, like what's the movie that the bec is based oh off the of? movie is super pets oh yeah that's right <laughs> i already forgot about <laughs> it. we're talking about it no we're not talking about it we're talking about marvel marvel that's studios all channel. um no but the um uh, uh but you had mentioned that and I didn't even notice that it was, I just, I assumed because a lot of these movies, especially unless they're big budget, they change names, um, you know, a month before release. So I was like, mm. Oh, maybe that's that movie that I have in our doc, this, this vengeance ever. And, and then you proceed. And then you proceeded to tell me that, no, they're different movies. 13 <laughs> lives is the one about the soccer players that got stuck in, in, in the, in the place and the people came and rescued them. And, and there was a documentary about it last year. That was really good. Right. Am I summing up our conversation pretty well? Yeah, there's a, a movie I mean, that uh, came out. I mean, very apathetically, but... <laughs> right, there was a documentary that came out last year from Nat Geo called The Rescue that was excellent about the rescue of... Uh, aptly named about the rescue of these 13, I think, uh, soccer players, like 12-year-old soccer players from Thailand who got stuck in a cave during a terrible rainstorm with like mm. one or two of their coaches. It was a whole huge thing trying to get them. Anyway, the, the documentary is great. I'm sure the movie will be good too because it's directed by Ron Howard, starring Viggo Mortensen, Taron Egerton, and uh, Colin Farrell, all of whom are great. Yeah. Um, it's just that it's not great timing to come out not even a year after a legitimately it, great documentary of the same thing came out. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's been happening a lot recently. And the documentary had, like, they recreated some of the dives to go get the kids. So it was like that already had, <clears throat> that already had, like, cr- fabricated footage like not actual footage so it's like yeah. we're already doing the same thing again here yeah I, that, that kind of stuff's been happening a lot recently and yeah i i, I mean I, I think the biggest example was when there was won't you be my neighbor and then beautiful day in the neighborhood mm-hmm. which are yeah. very different stories um so i'm not calling them the same thing but they are both mr roger centric and the documentary is leaps and bounds better than the movie which is still good so yeah uh, but the documentary was incredible um based on the trailer for 13 lives it looks like it's going to be exactly the same except for dramatized instead of document so those are abbreviated this is also coming out this week we're sure it'll be good but honestly for me i'd rather watch the documentary and based off of robert's recommendation and me now having name recognition from it i was like oh yeah i've heard i heard about that hmm. um i am very interested in seeing the rescue and i'm uh, pretty uninterested in seeing 13 lives I because will see i'm very interested I... in seeing the rescue sure yeah since I've seen The Rescue, I will see, still see 13 Lives because I like the people and the story is good. So I'm just interested to see how they do it. But yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not as excited as I was to see the doc. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So then let's get on to our other movie, Vengeance. For some reason, I decided this must be more important to talk about than 13 mm-hmm. Lives. I don't know why. Uh, it's written and directed by BJ Novak, um, starring... Uh, do you Novak. recognize any of these people? Well, he's in it, isn't he? BJ Novak. He's, uh, he's, he's not movie. top. He's not listed as top cast. I, I think he's in it. Did you see the trailer? No, I'm looking at the IMB. No, I didn't. I told you this. I don't five, five, five. Ashton Kutcher uh, and BJ Novak are in it. Um, I think they're the biggest names. I don't know why it's... Yeah, I don't recognize anybody else. Like the second on the top cast. cast member is Rowdy, Rowdy Stranger, Stranger number, number one. one. Why is it sorted this way? Hey, maybe he has a big role. Maybe maybe, maybe Rowdy Stranger number one has like a 30-minute fight scene. And he just never has a chance to speak. You know, If he doesn't... Uh, 
I don't know what I'm going to do. Strike six. Um, <laughs> Issa Rae is in this. Is in this uh, Ashton Kutcher is in this. BJ Novak is also wrote and directed. And Jay Smith Cameron from Succession is also in it. So I think those are the biggest, uh, most recognizable names. Okay. Uh, the synopsis is a radio host from New York City attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. Robert, you, you've you actually done your research. You've actually done your prep for this show, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to me. So um same scale theaters rent stream or not interested uh maybe what is it uh matinee that's the one okay i mean i, I lumped together opening weekend oh, matinee did you did you change it i'm sorry that's fine but so that kind of gives oh, you here's rent i, I got so low side of theaters <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i just got tired of like eh, eh, eh. sure yeah, yeah. Just theaters rent at home because rent at home happens so quickly now anyway. if i if i can i know you always qualify that this doesn't count but if i can get this through amc then i'll see it in theaters yeah um i i again knowing nothing about it really going into this um not not being a particularly big office fan so not particularly big bj novak fan um it sounds like this is mildly interesting and you know i i i'm intrigued by what i'm seeing and just because it doesn't have stars in it doesn't mean that that makes me uninterested it's it's just me pointing out to get you like to try to recognize something um so I'll I'll go streaming. I don't know, but maybe if I saw the um, I don't know what you're maybe, talking about. No stars. Ashton Kutcher has a mustache and a cowboy hat. One more. No, I mean I mean I mean like by <laughs> by by me saying like there's B J Novak and Ashton Kutcher and I don't know who else. But then you mentioned Issa Rae and a couple other people. Um, but either way, like it doesn't matter to me if right because like um, uh, there's plenty of good examples. Uh, like Sing Street is a movie that I adore that had like nobody I recognized in it. Um, Coda. I mean I rec- recognize Marley Matlin, but I love Dakota, uh, and I didn't realize I recognized the kid from Sing Street, mm-hmm. um, which is why that's the next one I jumped. Um, anyway, the d- movie doesn't have to have stars to be good. Um, right. But it, for, look, for, I think interesting, um, interesting premise here. Uh, it's saying that it's a comedy and a mystery and a thriller. I don't know. Maybe I'm better off for not seeing the trailer then, because then maybe the movie will actually be funny. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, look, there's enough here for me to be like, yeah, I'd cl- I'd click that on Netflix on a on a slow day or something. So that's my thought um i saw the trailer for this when it was first released like a couple like that uh like a film festival or something like that oh when the trailer was released when the trailer first was yeah um it doesn't look super interesting to me but there have been a few people i've seen now that have said it's solid um and i like solid movies because that typically means they have i like movies that people are saying are solid because that they have like decent upside uh yeah like there's a decent chance that hey maybe i'll like this more than solid um i hear that I, mr malcolm's list was really good yeah I'm actually, uh, <laughs> but i've never really liked bj novak is a weird thing because i know he was a writer on the office and everything but mm-hmm. i when i say i've grown out of the office i just mean like as i've gotten older i liked it less and less i used to really love it i don't really like it that much anymore so i don't mean it's for less mature folks or anything like that um but his thing even when i did like the office it always just grated on me because i knew he was a writer and he would write episodes with his character in there, and his character was just super annoying. So I just always associated being super annoying with BJ Novak. So maybe he's not actually super annoying. I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff besides The Office, but he's a he's an inglorious bastards for you know, a yeah, little bit. That's the problem he, he, too. Is like he, I see him there, and I'm like that. I see him in Inglorious Bastards, and I'm just like, oh, this is the guy from The Office trying to be in a Tarantino movie, and it just. Like standing next to Brad Pitt just doesn't really work for me. Right, and he had the he had a, a small role in the in the founder, which I thought it was he was good in. Uh, 
All I remember from the founder is Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mean, that's the best the thing you should do. You don't remember him as Alistair Smythe from The Amazing Spider-Man 2? I wasn't going to even mention it because he's in like two scenes. Yeah, no, well, yeah, same with the founder. It's, it's my birthday, but... Mr. Smythe. You know, Spider-Man. <laughs> don't walk around like that. Nice. I'm, I'm just so happy that I can mention Amazing Spider-Man 2 and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I, I just love that scene where he, like uh, Jamie Foxx imagines him up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. BJ Novak, I feel like is one of those guys that like I, I might like, but I I'm not a big. I'm. It's well known I'm not a big fan of The Office. So, but like I feel like I might like him in a different context. You know. Yeah, that's why I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, and especially you know, with I, I, word of mouth for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get talking about the apartment, Robert, why don't you give a chance to promote your stuff? Go follow me on twitter.com my handle is at underscore rob thoughts i http colon backslash backslash www.twitter.com.com uh slash underscore rob thoughts um, <laughs> i'll take you directly to my profile where i tweet the most useless stuff just like everyone else um but hey none of us can stop you can check out anytime <laughs> you like but you can never leave as the eagles once said um <laughs> Anyway, dragging this out way too long. For more Eagles there. quotes, follow Robert on Twitter. I, I'm normally in bed by this time, to be honest, and we're not even halfway through this episode. Hey, 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 hey. I'll say when we're done. Oh, jeez. So now, now you're doing the Walter White. I am the one who says that we're done. Yeah, um Isn't that, and, doesn't he say like we're done when when I say we're done or something? Like oh that? yeah, that's I yes, we're done when I say that we're done because it's about the cooking the meth and they're like, yo, yeah. you gotta get out of the game and it, this very my very oversimplified version of breaking bad. <laughs> 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 I I should can this be a running thing? Aaron Way oversimplifies things. Yeah, because there was that whole the conversation we had about the the Vigo Mortensen movie. I don't even remember that. Thirteen <laughs> Lives, that's the one. Um and then there's this is yeah he was in the meth business and and the other guy was like we got to get out of it because this is dangerous and he's like i say when we're done because he's a bad guy now and it won all the emmys <laughs> all of them every single one i think i just found some co- some uh, some content to, lo- to to like start making content for youtube for so far aaron way oversimplifies stuff nice way, way oversimplifies famous movies can't wait to hear uh, your description of the apartment <laughs> there's an apartment <laughs> I'm, I'm in <laughs> i just like and i feel like i could do it with game of thrones and everybody be like oh yeah look you're more creative than benny off and weiss because yeah. yeah anyway uh haha game of thrones the, dragon, the white walkers win do they no that's what what you should have done to be more creative than benny off and weiss uh, i'd rather that end. anyway that's uh insane. yes Anyway, we're way off the rails and largely yeah, if, because of me. Maybe I'll make this a Twitter thread. That's fine. I don't know. Aaron way oversimplifies things. So go follow me on Twitter to check that stuff out uh, at, at Castle. And uh, remember, Patreon exists if you want to support the show. Patreon.com. Check out this one perks there. Um, Lots of good time. HTTPS colon slash. Yeah, sorry. HTTPS colon. Yep. Actually, also this week, I still haven't gotten around to seeing Nope. I will be seeing that in the next couple days. And then I'll find somebody that I want to record thing with me for that since that's the like all access pick so ten dollars and up gets access to nope all right nope good moving on hmm? nope good nope good <laughs> nope yep uh yep 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 nope <laughs> we are the only one to make this joke no one else has made that joke definitely 
for sure. I I believe it. Uh, all right, so <laughs> so we put up uh we put up these two these uh, the apartment and uh, double indemnity two Billy Wilder films to go back to back um uh, in our in our matchup and it's shockingly the apartment one I thought for sure double indemnity would have won because that's like here's my theory I feel like double indemnity is the more critically acclaimed film but I feel like it's the more talked about film so I feel like yeah everybody's talking about double indemnity why don't you guys talk about the apartment which is also highly regarded and people talk about it less which is still a good amount but like I don't, does, does what I'm saying track uh, it tracks I just have no sense of uh the conversation surrounding those two so I'll Fair. just take your word for it. To be- and I, I don't know. I just feel like Double Indemnity is, the, is this like definitive noir film, like the the one, and everybody talks about it. And maybe they were like, "Oh, we'll talk about the apartment," or you know, th- eventually we will talk about Double Indemnity here. I'm, I know we will for sure. Um, I guess I don't know because we haven't made the schedule past December, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not on the schedule until then. So anyway, I don't. Know anyway, I don't uh, know. Uh, Double <laughs> Indemnity is. 29 on AFI and apartment is 80. So you might be onto something. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's again, just more talked about or people talk about the apartment, like in passing, not necessarily in depth or anything. Like that. So I don't know. I don't presume to know how you guys chose to vote. All I know is you talked about you, you voted the apartment. And so we watched it. Um, the, a little bit of history on why we would pick this. First of all, I mean, we, we wanted another Billy Wilder film because he's going down as one of the greatest, I mean, not going down. He has been considered, um, I, I, I meant to phrase it as if like the history book is being written, but I'm like, like, but he's not, he's not making films still. Yes. Right. I, I'm going to move on before I get myself in trouble. Um, get yourself even deeper. Yeah. I, can you have me a shovel for this hole I'm digging? Uh, they'll yeah. make it a lot easier. So, uh, anyway, like I, 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 Billy Wilder is considered one of, if not the greatest screenwrites of all time. And one of, if not the greatest directors of all time. Uh, especially when you put the two together, you know, and, and so we, we talked about, um, sun, he did Sunset Boulevard. So we, we have already talked about one of those films, but I've, you know, felt like, let's, let's talk about the, you know, one of these two, because that's what they're critically acclaimed. So, um, yeah, and we should talk about it, especially because I've never seen either of them. So, um, a little bit of history on why this might be considered one of the goats. Uh, oh, by the way, you can't can't find this streaming anywhere. This isn't on HBO or, or Criterion Channel mm. or, or Hulu or anything like that. Um, although you can stream it through Canopy. That's that like you can log in with like a library card thing. Yeah. I don't really know how that works. And I haven't. So like My if you really want to check this out. It's not a, an affiliate with Frustrate. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, um, so that's a way that you could check this out if if you are familiar with Canopy. I I I, I don't know how it works, um, but that that's pretty much it. So um, the synopsis for this film is uh, a Manhattan insurance clerk try, uh, tries to rise in his company by letting its his exec by letting its executive his executive. Oh, well, letting it's that's right. Letting its executives use his apartment for this is why Billy yeah. Wilder writes stuff, not me. <laughs> uh, use his apartment for trysts. But complications and a romance of his own ensue. Um, Trysts is a word I don't think I've ever heard of. But that, yeah, I have to say that description had entirely too much detail. Probably your description. There was an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their apartment. I'm not going to say apartment in hookups. <laughs> mm, all right, I'm going to say I. I, <laughs> I was going to say apartment bone house, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> it's a family show. A little bit of history while uh, Nick's red in the face right now with his kids listening in the car. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> take that as a warning. Prisoner of Azkaban is great. This is why we don't. Re- 
record this late at night. And it's not even that late. Uh, no, it's not. It's for, me. for me than for you. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, a little bit of history on why we might have picked this, a little bit of legacy for this. 8.3 on IMDb, which makes it 105th highest rated film of all time. As of this recording, uh, 94 on Metacritic, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this has a 4.3 letterboxed average, which makes it the 58th highest film or highest rated film of all time on that platform. Uh, that ain't nothing. This one, best picture, best director, best original screenplay, best art direction, black and white, and best film editing at the Oscars. Uh, by the way, I also saw this was like the last black and white film to win like best picture of the black black and white era um i mean that makes sense this is 1960 so i mean the artist won later um uh, but of the black and white era um so yeah there's a that that's the oscars at one it was nominated for best actor jack lemon best actress shirley mcclain best supporting actor jack crucian uh best cinematography black and white and best sound uh the british american film uh awards uh, this one best film best foreign actor jack lemon best foreign actress shirley mcclain cinema writers guild um this one best foreign film uh the directors guild of america awards uh one for billy wilder of course uh this was nominated for best soundtrack at the grammy awards the year it came out uh this was eighth place in the national board of review awards when it came out um this was inducted into the national film registry uh in the 1994 uh hey even if this was released in 1994, it would still qualify as a go uh, yeah. for us to talk about. Uh, this uh, the Writers Guild of America gave the, uh, this one for the best written American comedy. Um, let's see. Uh, this is on Roger Ebert's great films list. Um, that's the very great great films is channeling very Aaron energy. Uh, <laughs> great films. <laughs> Sight and Sound listed this as the 14th greatest of all time when they published their list. Um, Writers Guild of America ranked this screenplay as the 15th greatest ever in 2017 and the BBC ranked this as the 27th best comedy of all time and a few AFI achievements uh, 100, 100 Years 100 Movies number 93, 100 Years 100 Laughs number 20 100 Years 100 Passions number 62 100 Years 100 Movies 10th Anniversary Edition number 80 so it climbed 13 ranks and 100 Years 100 Movie Quotes so this was dominated for Shut Up and Deal all right, that's a lot of things. It won a lots of awards and and had lots lots of people love this movie for the last uh, fifty two years now. Um, so, yeah. uh, Robert, uh, you you've seen this one before, right? I've seen this one before. Yes, uh, nice. I think maybe the day of the Oscars this year, I watched uh, the apartment. Okay, just to see a previous best picture winner I had never seen. And sure. yeah. I um, had never seen this. Like I had mentioned, the only Billy Wilder movie I've seen before this was Sunset Boulevard, which we covered uh, some time ago. I don't know. Check the, check the thing in the past. Um, check the feed, scroll down until you find Aaron and Robert talk about Sunset Boulevard. Um, might have been the week we did cinema Fridays. Uh, maybe. I don't know. No, we might have been judging I, this one. I don't know. No, it was because we were, yeah, we were talking about Hollywood movies or like film I feel like that's right. Anyway, um, also, like, this was, like, one of my first exposures to Jack Lemmon. He's in 12 Angry Men, right? Is he? I and, don't know. And I've seen that one. Um, and then he's in... Um, this is why we do goats, to learn this kind of stuff. Indeed. And and I've, I'd seen him in Glengarry Glen Ross, but that was 40 years after this film. So, right. oh, sorry, 30 years after this film. Um, so, it was a, a different lack, Jack Lemmon. Uh, he was in... The 1997 12 Angry Men. I'd seen the the, the original, one. yeah, in the original, um, which that's an excellent. So, um, yeah, so a uh, very little history with um, with this filmmaker, with this actor. Uh, definitely hadn't seen this movie before. Um, okay, so but I was excited to watch it because 
Jack Lemmon is considered a goat. Billy Wilder is considered a goat. This film is considered a goat to some. So um, we'll see if uh, it holds up for us. Uh, Robert, since you've seen it before and since you're the guest and since I'm talking and I want to stop, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, I'll say low side of love it. Okay. I am teetering on like it and love it. Like I'm like I'm, I'm right on that line. Uh, I, I can't quite fall one particular way. Um, but yeah, I'd say, suffice to say, at the very least, I really, really like it. Um, Stay and- tuned to hear where Aaron ultimately lands. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I want to mention this, I guess, first off the bat while, before I do. Um, I, wa- I recently picked this up last month um, while on Amazon while the Criterion sale was going on. There was also a um, Arrow video sale going on uh, 50% off, which unfortunately got overshadowed by the Criterion stuff. And Arrow video has a lot of good stuff as well. Um, and I picked this up and it's 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 an Arrow Academy version. And I, I feel like that's their attempt at Criterion because um, it, it feels very similar. And um, this movie was like completely restored. And I watched a, a special feature on showing them like restoring the film and uh, like compared to the original. And this is immaculate. It's pristine. So to me, the best way to watch this film is the Arrow Academy. Um, I saw some, a review say that the definitive version to watch is the Kino release as opposed to the Arrow one. But e- either way, like I adored the way this film looked, especially when seeing the original. Um, it it just really got me. When I saw it, I was like, it was. I watched it after I'd seen the film. I was like, holy crap! Like I couldn't. Mm. I didn't even know because it, it was just. It was restored so well. So props to the team over there. And again, if you're wanting a way to watch this film or to own it, my biggest endorsements to Arrow Academy. Not a pay promotion. Not a pay promotion. I wish. Uh, if they want to send me money, that's fine. Or if they want to send me more or movies Blu-rays. that they've done, that's fine. Yeah, more Blu-rays is, is more money. I already have the, uh, the the 12 Monkeys one, though. So don't send me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so where do we want to start? Uh, I want to start with Jack Lemmon. I just... The first sure. thing I wrote down is that he's great, really freaking good in this. Um, between his facial expressions, like when he's on the phone and calling each one of the people he has to reschedule with, and they're like, oh, but I'm not free that day. And he just like makes a face each time. He's just like a mix of hilarious and charming and uh, just overall super engaging. So the movie, I think, would live and die with this lead character because he's in every scene or just about every scene. And uh, if you didn't have this great lead performance, then you're going to have a good story, but not necessarily a great movie. And I think he, he's great. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's great. And in a lot of ways, I, I was thinking back with this movie in Arsenic and Old Lace as well, um, which mm. is a favorite of ours. By the way, Criterion mm. release coming. This oh, time. yeah. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let us take credit for that. So oh, that's why they're they're doing um, freaking better I, get credit for it and a free copy. I would love a free copy if you're listening, Criterion. Somebody email them. Um, so anyway, um, no, but like I, I feel like this is this is the next level of like that physical comedy because we have like the, Ch- yeah. the Chaplin era, and then there's like Arsenic and Old Lace, was like which is that like Cary Grant, which is like still that flamboyant, like flaily, like screaming, you know, ridiculous, mm-hmm. but with with sound. And I know Chaplin did sound stuff as well, but um, you know, but but there was kind of that, and then. And then there was this, which is that much more subdued. And I really feel like so many people have portrayed like this particular performance uh, with Jack Lemmon. Like it feels like a performance I've seen a million times, but it, but you can like feel like this feels original and this feels like Lemmon was kind of pioneering this because he plays 
like bumbling, but not a buffoon. Uh, like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like like he's that kind of guy where you know, like the the opening or the the the, the first day um, where he, he's already gotten into bed and 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 one of his bosses calls and says he wants to use the apartment. Um, so he. Um, he, he's, you can tell he like, doesn't want to do anything is, but I'm already in bed. I've already got my pajamas on and da 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 you know, and, and he, like, he's playing bum, again, bumbling, but like, he's not stupid. I never once felt in this movie that he right. was stupid. So it, it kind of harkens to me, like what, what Saturday Night Live started doing, like Dan Aykroyd and you know, Bill Murray, when he's not playing doofus Bill Murray, like when he's playing more like, you know, the sophisticated Bill Murray stuff, you know, not, not like you know, more, more of the Groundhog Day type of stuff. I mean, that's. Yeah, more of that kind of stuff as opposed to the like uh, Caddyshack kind of Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's a good reference point. Or this seems like a good reference point. But like you said, um, he has those shades of Cary Grant just doing like the still doing mm-hmm. like that uh, that old timey movie accent and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But it's also a pretty naturalistic performance and starting to blur the lines between, you know, you see the early shades of like a Pacino type of thing where it's like, hey, you're just acting like a normal person instead of like, oh, I'm here in a movie. I'm Jamie Stewart. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's my Jamie Stewart impression, apparently. I love that. Uh, <laughs> thanks. But yeah, I just, I just thought it was really fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a ton to say about it, apart from what I've, what I've already said. Uh, he's also uh, very endearing and very warm. Mm-hmm. Like, he, there's just like nothing skeevy about him, nothing off-putting um which is weird like a lot of other characters like, might have tried to take advantage <laughs> my favorite line one of my favorite lines like i'm not going to try to take advantage of you like i did in the bedroom earlier <laughs> but they're talking <laughs> about playing cards but like yeah um <laughs> it's, it's just no, a really good which, line well and it's um the the context of this character should be like we should presume that he is snively and creepy and wormy because yeah or a complete pushover and he's neither because because the context is he is a entry level employee trying to work his way in this company to the top and and, and is qualified for the top and the way that he's he, he's getting to the top quicker is by getting buddy buddy with the 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 executives and letting them use his apartment as a brothel essentially um or or as a hotel without receipts you know Um, i think that's a better way to put it yeah yeah i mean well i was gonna say they're really not doing anything else but that but but they are you know going over to watch the untouchables which is also a movie we (laughs) talked about um they are definitely doing well they're watching the tv show that was first anyway um yes they're using that as a hotel you know with with no paper trail um but like so either he should be like conniving and i'm gonna stab these executives in the back and blackmail them and hold them over like or he should be an entire a, a push over the whole time and, he, and he's not really neither like he's mm-hmm. he's warm and he's sensible and he's intelligent and He's a little bit of a pushover, but like he he does have uh, like because that opening scene where like he goes stands out in the cold and and you know gets sick and he's and, and when people are calling him trying to like schedule time to come over and he's like calling three or four different people to see if they can yeah, change yeah. And, oh I can't change all right well can you change or it's like I can change if you switch to this date and he's got like he, he's kind of a, like a, a the smallest bit of a pushover but like especially once he gets that promotion which is very early in the movie like. He's kind of this this new guy. Is like I don't owe you anything anymore, and um, yeah, it's it, it, it was it was really interesting. This movie could have been either he was conniving or a pushover, and he's 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 neither. Well, it works towards that because of the 
main theme of the movie, right? Which is uh, the things people do to get ahead in the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the themes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then by the end, like we're spoiling it, spoilers ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. As always, but I just like to make sure. Um, by the end, he's just, he realizes how useless and vapid and uh, unfulfilling that whole thing would be to get to the top. And what is it, Mr. Sheldrake? Is that? Yeah. Uh, to be Mr. Sheldrake, who's sneaking around and, you know, living in a hotel because his wife kicked him out, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's seeing how useless and un- unfulfilling all that is. So instead, he's going to go travel and, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I like how it ultimately wraps up. And that's why he's kind of that doesn't teeter either way that like you were saying, um, but he's kind of uh, in the middle of those two. And yeah, it, it, it serves the theme really well. Also, like the line of you know, where that scene where that scene takes place, where he's like, "Oh, so you finally decided you'll leave your wife now?" Well, no, my secretary called my wife, which told her I was sleeping around. Which, you know, then she kicked me out. So, uh, I like that. That, that was fun. Um, but yeah, the and, and I also like how this movie is is you know, you're talking about the themes. The movie is, is saying pursue what you love relentlessly. It's mm-hmm. you know because there's very clearly these guys that are using the apartment are not in love with their spouses or with the people that they're you know, going to the apartment with. Um, but, but, um, Oh shoot. Uh, sorry. Bake Baxter is, is entirely in love with Fran the whole movie. It's the only girl he ever has eyes for, except for the girl when he's like uber drunk at the bar, which, you know, right. he's intoxicated. We'll, we'll give him a pass. Uh, like he's the, he's, and in that point in the movie, you know, she, she he knows what's going on. So anyway, yeah, so he he's entirely fixated and in in, in in I gotta I gotta be careful the way that phrase is because the movie gives him a million outs or a million reasons why he should stop pursuing her. But but he never does because it's what he wants. It's it's his pursuit of love because the movie keeps on do like when he finds out that it's it's her and Sheldrake or that Fran is that very uninterested or I think she has a like a really oh it was the the line about the mirror that i thought like whoa like where oh, i wrote it down which was like, i like it broken i like it that i like way. it broken because it, it's the way i see myself and i was it just makes, like whoa it makes me look the way i feel yeah like that's that's a lot of baggage to carry there and you know it's it, the movie is giving him plenty of times for him to to move on but but he doesn't and because because of it's this is his character it kind of positions him as that white knight you know where it's like Oh, only the man can save the woman from, uh, but at the same time, you're right. He's, she, she never like outright rejects him or anything like that. Um, she tries a couple of times. Well, but even, like even, I mean, she tries by ignoring him. I mean, she even stands sure. him up at the, at the play that first night because she's That's with Sean Drake. And like, again, what a, what a great out for him to just be like, why would I ever like try to pursue you again? Right. And th- this is where it's a little troublesome. Where it's like he thinks he knows what's better, and obviously we know that he's better for her than uh, Sheldrake. But I don't know. It, it seems it, it feels a little uncomfortable in the 1960s way, not like skeevy or anything like like we said. But I don't know. Uh, that wasn't necessarily my, my main takeaway while I was uh, watching the movie. It just came it came up came to mind a little bit while you were talking uh, since yeah. we're saying some of the some of the lines that we really liked. I mean, I, look that shut up and deal one is fine. 
it doesn't really belong in the a and a like i remember like oh that's a really good way to end this movie really good line to end it but like not like best movie quotes of all time but that that mirror one i really liked i haven't mm. pulled up on imdb the mirror it's broken yes i know i like it that way it makes me look the way i feel yeah um <laughs> there's a really funny line where he goes that's the way it crumbles cookie wise yeah they uh, say that twice that was almost my intro line by, by the way but yeah, because like he says it and then she and that's kind of like where you realize she has that turning point where she's like fallen in love with him. Right. Yeah. Because um, she's starting to talk like him. But there's the man. There's also that really great line that Fran says uh, when when she's talking with Shelby Children in one of the last scenes uh, at the apartment. And she said, when you're in love with a married man, you shouldn't wear mascara. Um, like mm. Billy Wilder really was a genius. And this this screenplay is really great. Um, it's 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 full of like little things that wind up paying off in, in big ways but only because the, the the line doesn't change or it's not even repeated. It's just, I, I'm really interested to rewatch this one. I feel like a rewatch will like bring out like certain things that I could see now that I know where the story's going. Cause I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't, I didn't know anything. All I knew is it's the apartment directed by Billy Wilder starring Jack Lemmon. That's it. I, and then I very quickly like, first of all my first reaction was how is this movie doing this in 1960s how did the mpa not shut this down like the the content uh it's it's not vulgar by any means but like crazy uh so yeah i uh lost my train of thought um would you say that this is a black comedy because it gets quite dark like it has themes of suicide and self-harm and like there's a whole 15 20 minute stretch where he's constantly being like like surveilling her and making sure like she's not doing anything harmful to herself. I would say this is black comedy, but like in its earliest form, mm-hmm. I mean, this is nowhere near like some of the, bl- some of the black comedy that we get now or sure. It's not like um, in Bruges or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be a good example. Like this, th- this is kind of a good turning point of, Oh, Hey, comedy can have a dark side to it. Um, because, cause I also like finished this film and I was like, I guess I expected it to be funnier and I don't recall it being funny and maybe it's because i was expecting more arsenic and old lace or maybe because slapstick no it's not but but it is quite funny i mean as we're i mean clearly as we're talking about it we're Mm -hmm. saying some of the lines that either were emotionally impactful or like some of the really funny moments um which there are a good number of um, like him sitting the italian singing while he's making spaghetti i really love that yeah and the the, using the tennis racket (laughs) as, as a strainer uh, and then just nonchalantly like, oh, use it as a spaghetti strainer, and 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 you, you see him just pick up the racket later, like is mm-hmm. uh, is great. Um, although, never mind. I'll, I was like, it annoyed me that it's just one of those that like, especially with a tennis racket on a pot, you should put the tennis racket over the pot and then dump the pot upside down, not pour the spaghetti all on the tennis racket. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it bothered me. <laughs> but, I was um, like, have you have you never seen a colander? Um, right, right. I also. So. While we're talking about funny things, I also love like the neighbors always seeing someone at the door and just like yelling to each other, like eh, they're doing it again. Well, and yeah, and there's the it, 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 the opening scene is like you should consider donating your body to science because at the rate you're going, like yeah. I want I want to know and like so yeah, this movie is really funny and it is in a almost uncomfortable way at times, definitely uncomfortable way at times. Um, but yeah, it, it really straddles that line and it's. Again, especially when the movie started going and I realized the tone and then to have that line about like that broken mirror, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. OK. And like, yeah, it, it, there was continuing more. I mean, you, you're right. There's like the attempted suicide and there's um, there's there's other scenes that go go along later. Uh, it was 
yes i I would say that dark comedy would be the best way to describe this but like early form yeah um again i'm looking through the quotes to try to find like things to jump off of but uh the the woman that he takes home uh where will we go my place yours and he's like well might as well go to mine everybody else does yeah (laughs) that's a good one too uh I said I had no family. I didn't say I had an empty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, too. I like that one. It's also, I think it's pretty clearly about men being crappy <laughs> all the way through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those those are the two main themes that I picked up on. We're trying to get ahead in the business world and what that actually takes. Because, like, mm-hmm. the the guy who's, like, his desk neighbor is like, what, I've been here longer than you, and I'm better at my job. You're, like, they're passing over me for promotions, and you're getting considered. What's going on? It's, like... Because he's being underhanded about it and letting these guys use his apartment and all that. Um, right. And then, like you mentioned, the phone call from the from the receptionist to the wife. It's like, yeah, the women are all positioned as just like uh, objects. Yeah, that that's how the men in the movie treat them. Right. Um, that, sorry. That yes, that's how the the men in the movie. But like, they don't really take advantage of their power. They hold all the cards, especially mm-hmm. when you find out that like all of them have like so. Yeah, so well, they do take advantage a bit, don't they? Because like of the phone call and because uh, one of them said to uh, Fran that like, hey, you're just number whatever in a long line of us. Like, I mean, there was yes, someone before but it, you, but there it feels like you. it feels like why would the secretary not have spoken up earlier? I guess is maybe sure. what I was trying to get. Like she only says something when she's drunk at the Christmas party. And I, when I said when I interjected and said objects there, like probably wasn't the best fit fitting word for me to use there but no that i know what you meant i was just like scorned is maybe not the right word but closer to that's what i was trying to get at it's like they're always being mistreated whether directly or indirectly well yeah and so that's from the doctor and uh and that's why i use the word object because like their 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 emotion and i mean their emotions are manipulated until the guys have no use for them anymore right is, is kind of the, the setup for and it and even though we only really interact with Shel, sheldrake like we really feel like it's the same thing for everybody else like everybody well, has the same the phone booth guy who are you talking to my mother oh you talking to your mother <laughs> yeah and well and there's the 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 like the big boss guy is like hooking up with one of the reception ladies and uh and she's like oh but the untouchables is on it's like well fine we'll go do that like you you feel like they're they're all doing the same thing yeah um you know, except except none of them know that Sheldrake is doing doing it, and you know, and, and he doesn't know that everybody else is doing it. Which is fun, but um, well, doesn't he know that everyone else is doing? It? Like, isn't that the maybe, first meeting with Baxter? That's like with Buddy Boy, where I, he figures it out, but I, I I don't think he knows who. I think he just knows that there are people that are using his apartment for things. I mean, he, he, maybe he knows. I don't. I I don't think it's ever explicitly said because they definitely don't share a scene. You know, all the execs. Mm. Where they where they all are aware of what's going on. Well, there's the one scene when uh, Fran's brother shows up looking for for her, and they're like, "Oh, do we need to protect Buddy Boy for anything?" And they're like, "I don't think we do." Well, and that again like, goes into like your, what scene. you were talking about the theme of uh, of like what we, what you will do to get ahead, and it's it's almost like he feels like he's done his part because now he got you know he's got the promotion, he's got everything done, like yeah. You know, th- that was his reward for letting them use the apartment so much. Now he gets to have the promotion, have his own office. And then he says no once. And they're immediately like, yeah, we don't owe him anything anymore. And is so in the same way that you sh- that you said this, this part, one of the themes of this movie is the things that people will do to climb the, the executive ladder. 
It's also what the the care, the the lack of care that, pe- mm. that the executives will drop you, push the ladder off of the side of the building, you know? Um, right. What's the, oh, man, Sheldrake says something. It takes forever to climb up, but you can lose it all in 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. It's something to that effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I don't know. I, this is pretty straightforward. This movie, um, there's a lot of good ideas that are explored effectively. Uh, it's a well-made film. All of the performances are great. Um, it's very funny, very fun, very engaging. Mm-hmm. I uh, enjoy watching it. I have enjoyed watching it both times that I've seen it. Um, yeah, I want to see more Billy Wilder because like you have only seen Sun- this in Sunset Boulevard and I've really enjoyed both of them. So yeah, it's really good. Great movie. Yeah, I feel like we would be giving discredit if we didn't uh, also mention uh, Shirley MacLaine, sure. who yeah. is great. Um, yeah, she's great um yes and uh and and uh, i like fred mcmurray a lot in this as well as as sheldrake uh, i was trying to look at the other oscar nominated person which was jack uh Krushkin, which is uh who even is that uh oh doctor the doctor that, that's yeah. next door okay i just assumed that it was sheldrake Max are across the face uh yeah no i i, I assumed it was sheldrake i, was like, I don't, I don't re- really remember anything oscar worthy for him but yeah i really like the doctor uh he was a he was a good guy and yeah he did he did his role well and all right yeah worth an oscar nomination sure um but yeah they they were all all three of them jack lemon shirley mclean and uh and jack crucian were nominated for oscars none of them won and yeah they're all deserved yeah um the the doctor character i don't know maybe i think it's just because of the the like mustache but i couldn't get the uh the, the the nephew from Arsenic and Old Lace out of my head. Oh. <laughs> the, the guy that thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh, when he comes so. in to check on her after taking too many sleeping pills. George! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and there's there's also that really funny interaction where, like, again, because the neighbors only have half a clue what's going on. Yeah. And uh, and so he goes over to borrow some coffee, and and, and the doctor's wife is just like, you, like you, you piece of scam. Like, I'm not going to help you out. And he, again, he just kind of leans into it. Like, he just kind of accepts. He's like, I don't care what my neighbors think of me, like, because there's nothing I could do to convince them. And I'm sure they would have a problem if I said, yeah, I'm letting a bunch of old men hook up, <laughs> hook up with young girls in my apartment, yeah. like, because I want to get a promotion, you know? So, but like, she thinks he's a playboy and she comes in and like, is, you know, the, the way she, the way that the, 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 the doctor's wife treats him is, is she's only in one scene and, you know, she's a delight. Uh, Thinking about it now, he, he is a bit skeevy, uh, very much complicit and like the the vehicle of com- complicitness in uh letting all this happen at his apartment um but but he learns at the end right well it's like isn't isn't that the point of the ending though like where he has even yet another promotion to be had yeah know, a much it, bigger office with three windows and 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 and, and he and chooses closet, to yeah. you know and and, and i think yeah, there's definitely character growth that happens there right um, i just wanted to I I think I characterized him like from the beginning is like wholesome and not bad or anything. But he becomes wholesome, right? Yeah, he, right. He, it's a great arc. I love the arc. Yeah, and I mentioned like he's not conniving or whatever. Like he he has a little bit of that. Like he is still doing the dirt the dirty work to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. He's he's not entirely authentic, but like his character is still wholesome. Like he has good intentions, and you know, I I feel like a a person take you tries to commit suicide in your apartment because of the encounters oh, yeah. that are happening there and you that that i mean that rattles some things and that probably also makes you change your policy like um and you know, on, on use people using your apartment <laughs> yeah 
And once that happens, he's no longer like flirting with her. He's doing it because it's the right thing to, yes. you know, uh, and that adds a lot to wholesome. Um, shoot, what was I about to say? I should have written it down. Also, just really like the, the the exchange at the end where he's like, "You gave me the wrong key." He's like, "No, I didn't. Oh. I gave you the key to the executive bathroom. I'm gonna leave." That's exactly what I was gonna say. So I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you said it. I, again, the the kind of the, the the way the way that the story is structured, or the way that that like things are are different, and and and, and you, you, I'm almost just at the end. I'm like, he really didn't just give him the key to the apartment, did he? Like that. Like I, it, it had me fooled for a second. I was just mm-hmm. like, have we, has he really not grown? Like, look, I, I, I'm not convinced at this point that him and Fran are meant to be together, but it's, it's because Fran hasn't bought in. Like, I, I think he deserves somebody better than Fran. And, uh, you, you know, somebody that also has more, has more like self worth, self love to succumb. Sure. To, you know, to, to recognize somebody like, uh, like Baxter, but, um, but it, it just threw me off guard. Cause like, no way he really just did that. And like, I, I, I could totally buy into him just being over Fran at that point to be like, look, it's just not worth this. I could still be her friend and you can still, you can still do whatever, you know, whatever. But, but like, then it caught me for a turn. I was like, Oh, okay. And then I was totally content with like, all right, well he, he, this is a movie that about, about him growing and moving on almost like, um, like 500 days of summer. Uh, which I mean isn't with a better isn't really final about, scene, yeah, right. Which like it's about both of them kind of growing up, but like this would be just him kind of realizing that he's better for her, um, or better than he deserves better than her, um, you know. But but because she has grown and all of her character growth, you know, kind of hits her at once in 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 the in the, the climax, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good. Th- th- then I'm then you're happy. Then I'm happy with the ending that they wind up together. So. It, it did it did some things that like kind of bobbed and weaved the ending a little bit where i was still like engaged this wasn't like you know a bunch of movies like the typical movies like this would just kind of wrap up and be like and they all live happily ever after or you know she's gonna realize she loves him at the very last second and uh, like it, it, it took some twists and turns and i genuinely wasn't sure where it was gonna land yeah he was uh at the end it seemed like he was ready to go see about a girl but um <laughs> uh and i i i'm what I mean by that is that he's like just off to do his own thing. You know, he was, yeah. he wasn't. And I'd have been fine with that. Yeah. Right? And, and Especially because the title is, the title is the apartment. <laughs> like it could be just this chronicle and then he moves on. Right. Um, but the movie gave him that happy ending that he didn't necessarily need, but it could be, it could be argued that both of them deserved um, yeah. after the story. Like it, mm-hmm. you could have ended it without that final scene, but I'm glad that it did. It's not the hero, or it's not the <laughs> the story that they need. Is it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, he is the silent guardian. I, the art direction was great. I loved. The, I loved the way that the apartment looked. Um, I, I thought it was framed in a way that was shot really well. I was. I thought it allowed things to move and flow. And again, it's so much of comparing this movie to Arsenic and Old Lace, <laughs> just because of what my expectations were. But like in in the way that that film, I mean that that's different because that was adapted from the stage. But like that, that is in, in a place where you can, you can have a camera kind of be in one point and it just kind of, you, you can see things moving from the side. Like there's plenty going on where you're like, obviously somebody's going to come through this door at some point or, um, or, or they, they at least can, like it's framed in a way where like, there's, there's not a lot of camera movement. And right. so it, it didn't really feel jarring. It didn't feel, it, it, it almost felt like I was just kind of sitting around in the room like mm-hmm. walked observing 
Especially in the apartment. Uh, Especially in the apartment, yes. Because it had it in that, it had the camera a lot of the time in that one back corner where you could see uh, in a row the bedroom door, the kitchen, mm-hmm. and then the door to the apartment. And it's just like you got the whole view that you need there. And it just kind of, fo- yeah, like you were saying, follows everything around wherever the action or dialogue or moment of import is at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things, that, again, in older films, like editing, clunky editing was not uncommon so it's just it, it, it felt smooth yeah so and that's definitely a plus i mean this is 1960 i, I guess it feels older because it's black and white but i mean it's, it's 60s is still a, a, an older film but it's it's not like arsenic old lace was 20 years before this you know, almost right so um yeah i don't know that i have anything else to say um i'll go ahead and land on love it then just the, the low side of love it for and there you have it folks artistry. um but I I really liked it. I I don't know that I'm quite as high as like, like I definitely know that I'm not quite as high as a lot of like maybe I will get there. But like 14th greatest screenplay of all time, like or 15th greatest by the Rise Guild, like it's great. But 14th of all time, like come look. I'm just saying if it's like the apartment and the nice guys, I know which one I'm picking. The apartment. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean for like technicality, yeah, for enjoyability. Uh, what are they? <laughs> I'm trying to make an and stuff joke. They're bringing over secretaries and stuff. Sweetheart, what have I told you? He's just bringing over secretaries. Very nice. Good Very nice. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm out of things uh, to say. I I feel content. I feel like we've talked about this film in, in a good way, and and definitely I would say is a recommend for both from from me. Uh, I would imagine as well. I recommend the film The Apartment, whether or not you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then, where did you put it on your list? Uh. Very haphazardly, I uh, arranged my list, and it's at number five currently, behind The Graduate and before Miracle on 34th. I put this at 11, which puts it uh, two spots above Sunset Boulevard. So I would say this is my preferred Billy Wilder film. And uh, just behind Miracle on 34th Street and The Kid. I have it above Sunset Boulevard, which I'm also meant to mention that it's like another impressive thing is how different those two movies are. The apartment oh, yeah. Sunset Boulevard. Well, and Dublin Indemnity, again, is a noir. So, again, ve- I'm sure it's going to be very different. So, yeah. The, I, and maybe that was the other, I guess. I don't know. I was expecting a comedy because I guess I just thought it was a comedy because it says comedy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very different film than Sunset. That could Both also be good. why I enjoy The Apartment more. It's just like, in general, I don't typically enjoy noir. Uh, like, I, not that I don't enjoy it. It's just not my favorite, whether it's noir or neo-noir. It's just like. It's just not my favorite genre. So, uh, yeah. I get it. Don't you worry. I get it. Okay. Um, well, on the next goats, we will be talking about The Great Escape, the three and a half hour Steve McQueen. I think it's half much. Um, oh, yeah. I will confirm. So, long, long film. Um, 1963, Steve McQueen. Uh, two hours, 52. Okay. That's better. Not bad. Um, <laughs> I got time for that. Yeah. If you start it now, you just might. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so next month we will be talking about The Great Escape. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, and we will have a guest on for that show, hopefully, um, confirming some things. So just just like a couple of months ago where I was like, mm, surprise guest maybe. Hopefully a guest on, I have somebody in mind, I just need to confirm. So that'll do. we'll do that next month, so make sure you come back for that. Uh, all right, on to the B-plot. Robert, what do you think are some films that you could just watch with no audio not even subtitles and enjoy it just as much if not more as the main it's a good thing you put in not even subtitles because i was cheeky i just i figured like 
the experience should be entirely visual. No, yeah. Um, I found this to be a bit harder than the previous Me one. Me too. Because if you listen to last month's episode, we kind of just said like something that you could throw on that could almost be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not quite that way because films are audiovisual experiences and you could watch the tree of life at, but it feels like you're just watching the thing at Best Buy where they're showing off the TV's capabilities. Um, <laughs> Fair. And maybe that's the best way to look at this is just what are some visually attractive movies, you know, so just all the Terrence Malick's catalog. Right. But I kind Although of even even with audio, they bore me to tears. Is this supposed? Yeah. Is this supposed to be ranked or do you just want me to give give? No, not necessarily ranked. No. Why don't you just give one? I've got a couple in mind. OK, I have four, five, seven, eight, nine. Um, I'll come up with more, but I, I have two at the moment. I wrote, and some of them might just be. Eh, let me think about this. I'll say it as soon as I say it. Like now. <laughs> okay, I said it can't really be anything with a complex story because I was looking for movies that like you could watch and still understand what is going on, even if you don't have the dialogue or subtitles or anything. Um, so I the first one I put was a ghost a ghost story. Have you seen that? Uh, no, but it's on my list. This is the um, the guy that did the Green Knight, right? Yeah, David Lowry. Um, yeah, I think I own this. I just haven't seen it yet. I th- I think it's very good, and I think it has a great score. Ironically, but um, a lot enough of it goes on visually, and it is communicated through uh, yeah the images on screen. Um, and there is already little enough dialogue and little enough sound design to make it effective. Um, though, is it cheating if there are subtitles? And <laughs> I'm just realizing now there. are Two ghosts talk to each other through subtitles in this movie, but uh, I mean, my... you you would have to take out the subtitles. Okay. Well, even still, I think it's a good one. Uh, you you would be watching you... on mute with no subtitles. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a vibes movie, um, and I think that works. Okay. Um, let me tell you the inspiration for what this this initially started off. At least last week's episode, um, the way we started off is only audio, and I, I thought it was such an interesting thought experiment because uh, one of the special features that most intrigued me ever on a movie is uh, on the physical release of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. You can watch it where Ryan Johnson released the film with no dialogue and no sound effects. It's exclusively John Williams' score, huh. and like. Because he's like, the score is that good and you can watch this film and enjoy this month. So I thought, what are some other things that you could do that, but maybe a little more extreme? And then obviously we're doing the vice versa here. So I was I was wondering maybe the last time I could work for you, but that's way too dialogue driven film. Maybe another yeah. Star Wars movie could work, but I, I just think ultimately I went off of that train. And so that, I just want to give you like the inception of that, that thought. Um, the first one I have, I agree with you. Can't be uber complex and there can't be like very dialogue driven. I think it has to be like mood driven and you should be able to get what's going on the entire time. So it should be a very emotion filled movie and emotion conveyed by acting and editing. Um, I think barring a couple scenes, I think whiplash would be a great experience to watch only with no vision, with no audio. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the thing I was looking for. Like, big performances so you know very well what people are thinking just from their body language and that is very much again barring a couple scenes because there's like the scene in well i mean but even then like i was thinking the scene where he breaks up with his girlfriend because he wants to focus on like it, it, but but you could tell by their body language what's going on doesn't so, she like, like leave crying or something yes so yes, that's like you she, can she's like that. really you're really doing this yeah. and then she's like oh you're really doing you ass hat. And then she leaves. Um, yeah, that's Aaron's simplified version. Uh, <laughs> ASV. Uh, <laughs> Love it. 
So anyway, um, yeah. So Whip- Whiplash again, especially especially if it's just the performances. Like, I, look, I, I'm a drummer. I, I I love everything about this movie. Um, I, I don't need the audio to know what's going on. Do you ever drum with no audio? Uh, no, I don't. I play along the tracks. <laughs> okay. Um, so. I mean, you always, like, tap your fingers on surface and, and kick your legs, things like that. Well, I'm saying, like, w- have you ever just cut out all audio of your life while you were drumming? Mm, like like this I mean, premise. Pro- at some anyway, point, Never probably. mind. The joke didn't land. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, my next one is Eyes Wide Shut, because that one's confusing enough oh. as it is. Yeah. So if you, <laughs> if you want to get into just, like, uh, like, a twisted, weird, ethereal headspace even more so, and just, like, eschew all dialogue and traditional well, that's storytelling not, that's not a very dialogue driven movie either like that dialogue true. is dialogue provides subtext like it's a lot of like long shots and like operatic music and right yeah i mean uh, operatic like uh, like cathedral kind of music like it, it it is a mood movie and the dialogue again the dialogue more pro- yeah that's a great pick yeah i'm thinking like the scene where they're talking to each other i don't even remember what they're talking about but they're just like sitting in the bedroom talking so slowly at each other you know <laughs> it's just like i just want to i kind of want to just put that on after we finish recording and turn off the sound and just see what it would be like because that could either be incredibly dull or or like completely mesmerizing mm-hmm. yeah okay uh you will you will immediately be like oh or you immediately shoot this down but i thought maybe <laughs> about time oh no i thought about it and i it, it's not a better movie without the dialogue, but I think this one works because Domo Gleason and Bill Nye and Rachel McAdams are so good in it. And again, it's a it's a vibe movie. It's a feeling you understand what's going on every second, even if you didn't. I, I would believe you would have an understanding of what's going on. It probably isn't as emotional. It maybe doesn't like hit as deep. So it, it probably goes against it goes with the spirit of the question, but not with the like is as good or better. Right. Like, But this could be a good experience. Uh, one time I ranked my favorite lines from this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think this it, is, and it's a great screenplay. It right. Is. It's a Richard Curtis movie. And he like love him or hate him. And like his movies or not, he has some memorable quotes throughout all of his filmography uh, slash his characters are just very witty and funny. And that's like that's what makes it so watchable to me is the dialogue, um, though. What I initially uh, disregarded it for was that you wouldn't understand the time travel. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think you could get it. I think from you could. Yeah. Just like, oh, he goes in there. Oh, it, oh, I saw that earlier. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think you could piece together what's going on, and you and you could still feel some of the emotions. Like, and I'm I'm even wondering, like, does the, does the scene where he goes back and changes something that completely alters his future, like? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Where he, yeah. he goes back far enough where he changes something yeah. about his present that is irreversible. Like, does that have a bigger effect without any audio? Does it have a bigger effect without audio? Maybe, right? I think it's more confusing because But 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 that moment is confusing. Like it, it would be sure. it would be more disequilibrium. Uh <laughs> sure. it, would co- it would cause more disequilibrium. The the moment when he realizes it, if we're trying not to spoil uh it, it's at a birthday party, right? No, he just comes home. Oh, okay, it's around then. Yeah, it's. I haven't seen it in a while because I took it off Netflix, and I I hate that I do this, but I watched it more when it was on Netflix, even though I own it physically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he realizes something, and it's like very obvious that he realizes it. But then he has to go do something else after that, 
and that's where yes. I might get lost in the in the having. I mean, you could again, you could piece it together, but I'm just wondering does the, does that mo- does that moment of shock hit hit harder? It could. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to show it to someone for the first time with no sound to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, waves. Have you seen Waves? It's been on my watch list ever since you saw it, and you were like, "Please watch this." <laughs> well, the thing about it is that. I was thinking about it with all three of Trey Edward Schultz's movies, Waves, It Comes at Night, and Krisha. It's one of those movies. Uh, what was the first one that you said? Uh, the uh, Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash, where people act like very big. <laughs> you know, everything mm-hmm. is on the actor's sleeves and you know what is going on just through body language. Waves, um, so I'm not going to spoil anything, but there are arguments and there are enough scenes to establish like, hey, this is a friend, or this is a girlfriend, or this is just the family here, um, that you will completely understand what is going on when pivotal plot moments happen. And every single actor in this is great, um, including a moment towards the end with Sterling K. Brown and Emily Russell, which is dialogue-driven, but they have or they give such great performances with their faces that you could still get a lot of the same emotion from it. So. Yeah, K. K Brown might be like the best actor to ever live in my opinion. <laughs> he could be. I've only I he's unfortunately taken some bad roles, but he's so good, especially in that first season of This Is Us. But he's so good in This Is Us, and he's excellent in uh, um, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Heavens knows, but he's about uh, to be in. He he was good in his limited role in Black Panther as well. Oh, who's he? The brother? Yeah, he was the brother in the beginning. Because I was ashamed. Yeah. I was like, why isn't he in this for longer? He's like amazing. He's so good in every second he's on screen. And and he's in the, arguably the best episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine as the, the dentist where they're in the interrogation cell. And he's so good in that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, about that. Then there's a, a movie coming out with him and Regina Hall later this year called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. That looks, and he looks Dope. like he's going to like he's a mega church pastor. The trailer looks incredible. I'll check it out. That everything about what you said I, is intriguing. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the next one for me is uh, Alien. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, a lot. A lot of the sound is, is designed to creep you out and to to kind of sure. sustain the tone. But but ultimately, like a lack of sound might be just as creepy or creepier. Wasn't uh, is because... this the one that was the tagline in space? No one can hear you scream. Yep. So that yeah, that fits that's perfect. <laughs> No, but it's just like one of those, like, you can certainly use sound to great effects to cause, I mean, Quiet Place does that in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Quiet Place would be a very even list. I don't have that list, but like, uh, in a way that uh, you can use sound in a way where you're like, anything could happen at any given moment. And if the character, if the, if, if Ripley is looking around, like clearly, it's, like depending on how she's looking she's she's either searching and being cautious or she hears something and is afraid and it, the first alien i mean it's a little dialogue driven at the beginning um that's my only thing but but especially once things actually start happening uh, yeah i think alien totally so i haven't seen this one in a while but do you think apocalypse now would work man i think there's some like really distinct sections of the movie especially when it gets to marlon brando and like <laughs> which cut are you watching <laughs> I don't even know which one I've seen. Whatever was on HBO when I watched it. I've seen the Redux and the final. And I think that the final is incredible. There's like a whole like 40 minute section of um, Martin Sheen like stumbles across this house that like Americans live in, like on the river on his way. And it's all of its cut except for in the final cut. But it's like the best part of the movie. Hmm. I, I really have to revisit it, but I don't know. It's it's really long. It's really slow. 
Well, so his eyes might, wide shut. It might work, but there, that's so well. But that's there's so much narration. Apocalypse now, in my opinion, like works because you're getting insight into what this character is thinking i think if you take away that if you take away that narration that takes away a lot of context for what's going mm-hmm. on and and this the, the character slowly losing his mind uh fair enough that's why i was like i haven't seen it in a while but from what i remember it could be like i think it would be interesting but but if you're saying yes or no i'd say no okay. it wouldn't work uh, uh one that i thought about for a while and ultimately decided no because it's entirely against what the movie is trying to say is uh, sound of metal <laughs> Um, so i'm not not answering that like like i think it would be really interesting to experience the movie entirely from like riz perspective but would you get what was going on as he's going deaf though if you could never hear anything first place i think that's no no right (laughs) that's the The, it falls apart there but then it falls apart because like we 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 need we kind of need that time jump to get to where yeah and lots anyway um it's the one that i thought about for a while and i just didn't choose um I don't have another one at the moment. Why don't you go? Maybe I have another one. So I I, have, like, for the record, I am I am not saying Sound of Metal. I'm saying I thought about it and it was a bad idea. You said Sound of Metal? I can't believe you said that. Everyone should make fun of you on Twitter for saying Sound of Metal. No, no one should do that. <laughs> um, I have a few more that I don't think that you've seen, so I'm just going to put them to the side. Uh, but I said generally Zack Snyder movies, <laughs> specifically the, right. like the DC one. I, I think I've only seen his DC movies and 300. But like you haven't seen Watchmen? No, I have it, but I'm gonna see it soon, probably. Okay. And and nobody that has seen Sucker Punch likes it. Specifically, like Batman v Superman, that is so visually bombastic and like. Sure, I might like it he, a lot better if there's no dialogue in it. He is so on the nose with everything that he does visually that like yes. you, there's no way you would be lost. It's like Batman and Superman come into frame; they're about to fight. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, you don't need the scene of Jesse Eisenberg setting up, oh, you two should not fight each other. (laughs) (laughs) It would make the scene where he's like feeding the guy a Jolly Rancher a lot weirder. (laughs) Uh, I actually really like Batman v Superman, but it's like what everyone always says about Zack Snyder is that he's an effective image maker and perhaps not a great storyteller. uh, And that's being kind. So he's a great cinematographer and a terrible director. Right. Um, that's, that's the ASV. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Zack Snyder movies. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still kind of looking through various lists on letterbox. Um, had an intriguing idea, but what do you think um, about the graduate? Ooh, my one thing, my one problem is that I don't know if you would be able to get that. It's a mother and daughter because are they, ever really in the scenes together mrs robinson no whatever the daughter's not name really is. no i yeah i mean i'm thinking like a lot of that movie is dialogue driven but 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 it's it's emoted very well right and yeah o- and obviously you can tell the scene where she where she's trying to seduce him um he's very uncomfortable like well and there's like a, a you know the the leg that comes in the shot like it's it's very clear what's happening yeah but, um interesting and like the opening it's him ever it's all just like very action driven where he's very disconnected from his own party and everything. He's being very aimless by just sitting on the pool all summer long. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, the, I'll buy into that. I still haven't convinced myself though. Cause I don't know if you would be able to get the central thing that it's Mrs. Robinson's I, daughter. I would, I would definitely be more willing to say yes than I would. Um, Apocalypse now, uh, man, I'm looking and I, and I don't want to just say something just because I want, because I, 
I want to. Um, and, and like some of these movies definitely fall apart to some degree. Uh, the nice guys. Like, like, like I, I think there, there's, there's a totally different conversation to be had that movies you could edit down to be like significantly shorter. That could be interesting. You know, f- films that you could edit differently with this as well. Like there's a fun way to do like the last duel with this, but the movie as it stands with the audio cut out. No. Um, interesting. Yeah. Like, and so that's why I'm like going through this. I'm like, no, like the last duel does not work here. It's a very dialogue driven movie. It's a very right. purposeful movie and what it's going for. But like, if you edit it down or edit it in like out of order, but that's not the spirit of this question. Um, Gosh, and like, and like, I thought about like Blade Runner twenty forty nine just because it's like again, you're if we're going all visuals, but like, but but the core of that movie is is the dialogue and and, and the, the the meaning of what's going on. And you, just, yeah. you, you don't pick up as hard as it. Uh, anyway, so I'm just trying to walk you through. Obviously, I'm not saying these. Again, there are great so. images in Blade Runner, but yeah. So all right, just go with another one. I'll just do one I'm, more, I'm, uh, and I'll say Atonement. Um, which this is, is the like war one? Yeah, it's like a soldier comes home from war or something like that. No, he actually leaves oh. for war. Um, okay. Is this Ewan McGregor? <laughs> it's Joe I'm Wright, sorry. directed by Joe Wright, starring James McAvoy, Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley, That's and it. little Saoirse Ronan. Because this one always winds up really high on BEC lists, and I'm like, oh, it's, like I'd... it's great. All right, I'll check it out. Um, it's like it's the same director as like Pride and Prejudice and Anna Karenina, so if like you're associating with that associating it with that sort of thing it makes sense but it's a whole other thing it's uh, i think actually you would really enjoy it it has like (laughs) a lot due to the dialogue has good moral quandaries and stuff but at the same time it has like this long shot through i don't remember if it's world war one or world war two but like through the beach where uh there's a bunch of soldiers and it's it's just great long oneer um and then again it's another one with like big acting choices so you'd understand what is going on even without the dialogue uh all right i'm i'm looking through two right now and i'm debating are they actually good or not are they are they actually good or are they just me wanting to have something to say um all right let me throw them up just briefly um one of them is 1917 because it already doesn't have a lot of dialogue it's more visuals but the the, the sound creates the atmosphere but i don't know just a thought uh and the other one is one that i said last week as well but maybe marriage uh-huh. story um yeah you know i i mean i i i think it works for both ways because again they're they're both adam driver scarlett johansson are very good at emoting uh you know the whole setup is the reading their letters in like the very beginning the like what i love about nicole and what i love about adam driver or his isn't adam driver i think (laughs) charlie yes yeah um yeah i i just i wonder if if I'm just thinking of the big scenes too much, I, I I stand by my it could work really well as just an audio only. I would agree with that. Yeah, and I and I'm probably more willing to say Marriage Story than I am 1917 for this visual only one, only oh, because really? well, only because like the atmosphere that the audio creates. I mean, 1917 is a very like dialogue light film, but like sometimes it requires them being silent, and sometimes it requires them like you hear something but you don't quite see it. Like um, there's there's lots of different things you could do and. You don't need the context of he's looking for his brother. Like he's handed a note in the very beginning and the job is deliver the note. That's, that's the film. Uh, right. That, I was going to say you need. between the like, two of those 1917 work better because it's just like right, these two guys have a mission and then they're, it's so visual heavy. I would be yeah, sad to lose like the 
epic music at the end when he's running across the battlefield with the explosions and everything. But well, I'm I'm thinking more of atmospheric sound. Yeah, like losing that would really suck. But ultimately, like, fine, I'll still stick. Like, that's <laughs> I think it's a good one. It's an okay pick. Um, but again, we're talking very dialogue light movie, so it it'd, it'd be like uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, and I I definitely can't right now. Uh, but like movies that deliberately don't have like Dunkirk, it'd be like watching Dunk. Oh, well, that would be that'd good. be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a really I, good one. I thought about it earlier, and I was like, could Coda be really interesting? Like, because it almost might be like a different perspective. But I'm like, no, no, no. The whole movie would have to be different. Yeah, you and, keep mentioning and, and, the deaf adjacent movies, and I think like I know. it's so important. It to loses its point. Yes, yeah. but if Coda would work well under the edited a different way. Or tell this same story from a different angle, but like tell it from the fam, tell it from the brother's side. That's that's a, a really interesting movie too. But mm-hmm. but the film as itself, absolutely not. No, it, yeah, that's all. I, I mean, obviously, that's all I have from my list too. I was kind of thinking about it, but really actually saying things out loud on the fly. Uh, ultimately, though, like I'm happy with those lists. I think there's mm-hmm. some really interesting things there, and uh, it, definitely more challenging than audio only but maybe it's because it was easier to get a like a mind frame around that like once i got into if this could be a podcast episode instead of right uh instead of a film like yeah but getting out of that medium so um all right interesting thought experiment if you guys have uh suggestions that you would like to include for this i know nick did last uh last time on twitter um he he sent us some things that he thought would also work as audio only experiences and he commented and he agreed with my jurassic park great i also thought about putting jurassic park in this one as well but uh i I decided you know i I avoided wanting to just duplicate all my answers from the first one uh i think jurassic park would work well uh for the record but um if you have things that you uh would like to suggest uh that movies that could be great uh, audio visual only experiences no audio no dialogue no subtitles no score nothing on mute no no subtitles you can uh let us know on twitter or go ahead and email writersroomsofpop.com or get in contact with us in any of the varying wa- various ways including twitter that we both mentioned earlier all we have to do is wrap up with the spinoff robert what is that one thing in an air- any area of pop culture that you're really trying to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from well i do want to just start quickly by saying i watched tour de pharmacy at the suggestion of you and jack yeah, from, you did. <laughs> from last month why do you have to say it like that um <laughs> And then I did a couple days later. Uh, it's very I still funny. haven't seen Seven Days in Hell, but I've seen Tour de Pharmacy like four You've times. You've seen it twice now. Uh, since it came out. Uh, Tour de Pharmacy is very good. Uh, I didn't like it as much as Seven Days in Hell, but I gave it a three and a half versus a four. So uh, yeah, very good. So thank you to you and to Jack. Um, I found myself not wanting to go outside on a super hot day in the summer. So I stayed home and binged the four part Netflix documentary. Keep sweet, pray and obey. Uh, Ooh, lots of people have been talking about. Oh man, it was freaking brutal, man. But like brutal in the sense that it's worth watching. It's a good companion. Pe- oh, I haven't finished Under the Banner of Heaven either, the book or the really? show yet. Yeah, um, I've I've moved on here. This I'm I got distracted. Um, <laughs> reading Lord of the Rings again. Um, you should at least finish. How, how far did you get in the show? Well, I wanted to uh, wait till I finished the book till I finished the show. Okay, so. I'm like three quarters of the way through the book. And I'm going to finish it as soon as I go to the rings, which is going to be soon. Um, because, yeah, that's a whole other thing. My point is, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey <laughs> covers, and this is a serious thing too, it covers a similar topic to Under the Banner of Heaven, which is uh, basically just corruption. And uh, yeah, corruption is a good all-encompassing word in the Mormon church. 
in the Mormon community. Um, this one specifically has to do with a man named Warren Jeffs, uh, who was a polygamy pusher and still is. Um, that's a very slight spoiler that he's still alive. Um, the main storyline goes uh, covers the 90s as he was rising to power in that specific part of Mormonism. Um, and you get some good perspectives from people who have left the religion who were married off at like 14 years old. Um, so some, some women specifically, because it is a very, very sexist and misogynistic sect of the religion, at least. I don't want to say all of Mormonism because I don't have that kind of knowledge, but this sure. part of it at least is frankly just horrible and despicable. <laughs> so, um, sure. yeah, it, it's a, it's not great. So I'm not, this isn't like a full throated recommend. You got to watch this. It's the best thing I've seen all year, but it's like, it was definitely an interesting and informative and fairly effective watch for a fairly swift four part documentary on a hot summer afternoon when I didn't want to leave the house because it was too hot and sunny. Everybody that I know that's seen this, like watched it very quickly because like I came home from work one day and my wife was watching it and she was like part three out of four. And she's like, I just want to finish this. So you play your video games and I'm going to, and I'm going to watch this. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's, and then she told me a little bit about like what it was and yeah messed up is like the best best way to describe it so like i said if you were kind of taken by the story of like taken in a dark way by the story of under the banner of heaven then there's a decent chance you'd at least be interested in this as well well i might check it out at some point i am more interested in seeing atonement about it yeah I might be it's also much list, shorter. But... It's like an hour 50 versus four. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm just going to double down um, on, on a film that me and my wife watched this week. Um, I feel like we watched one and I just don't like, I feel like we watched a couple and, and a couple nights in a row. And or, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just wrong. Um, but uh, I watched uh, Reminiscence to talk about it uh, for another person's treasure this week, a movie that. I increasingly grow to love a movie that uh, when it came out, everybody was just like, oh, that movie like that, that was poorly marketed. Uh, one of the worst cases of marketing that I've seen, uh, especially because the movie it really ruined my expectations for the movie. And I have come to really like this movie. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. And the more that I've watched it, watching it the second time um, was a was a joyous experience for me. Um, and I think it is criminally underrated and criminally underseen. It, look, it's not going to blow you out of the water. It's not incredible. Um, but there's a really good movie in here and it's really solid and it's visually stunning and filled with filled with great performances specifically from Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Fer Ferguson and Ted Dewey Newton. Um, but reminiscence is absolutely worth, uh, worth your time. Uh, should be on HBO max. If you got that. Some good cross promotion. Uh, there you go. Cross promotion. Yeah. And you can read my article that I'm not really satisfied with on the site just cause like it's, it's a mystery. It's a neo-noir and I didn't want to talk about the mystery at all. Cause I didn't want to give anything away. So I had to be vague and I'm like, I realized like at the end of the article, I was like, I realized I'm not telling you anything about the story, but that's kind of intentional. And there wasn't a really good, there really wasn't ever a good way to write this article. To me. So I, maybe I'm just being self-critical. Uh, anyway, reminiscence, the article and the film, probably the film and the article. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, just saying. Uh, all right, so that's a wrap. Quick reminder that Stiff Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for SiffPop.com, you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, you can email us at writersroomsiffpop.com. 
Uh, and please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening over on Apple Podcast. And remember, you can follow Robert on Twitter. I will have his handle in the episode description. That way you have it. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. It's really the only things I pay attention to. And even then, not that much anymore. Uh, all right. Next week, I'm talking about nostalgia films with Matt and Chantal. Uh, so make sure to come back with that. I believe that we landed on two films. Uh, yes, we will be talking about Osmosis Jones and the first Rugrats movie. That is perfect. What, what are you laughing at? I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, Osmosis Jones and uh, the, the Rugrats movie, the one where they introduce Baby Dill. Uh, it's going to be a good week because I'm excited to watch both of those because those are both very, very fond in my nostalgia. And then next next week, next month, sorry, Robert and I and a, hopefully a special guest will be talking about The Great Escape. Uh, so make sure to, to, to catch up on that and we'll see you back here next week. In the writer's room, let's get back to the writer's room.